When Harvard has a $51 billion endowment, one might wonder why it needs to monetize their sites in the first place. The Harvard Gazette doesn't. Rather, it's a super connector of all the microsites and communities that help raise Harvard's profile internally and for alumni abroad. So what are the mechanics behind this? As part of this special WordPress 7-part teardown series, Jeremy Freeman and Vahe Rabian explore the Harvard Gazette, the official news website for Harvard University. It covers campus life and times, university issues and policies, science, teaching, learning innovations, and other national and global concerns. It also helps distribute stories from university affiliates. Over to you guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our continuing seven-part part series on WordPress Teardowns. I'm Vahe, the founder of Strategy Publishing, and with me, our co-host, Jeremy from, from Multidots. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing great. Excited to be here and uh, do a teardown of the Harvard Gazette with you. Awesome. Now, you might think, well, I haven't heard of Harvard Gazette before, potentially, but we're, we're taking on the concept and the topic on niching down and serving the particular subset of community. And uh, with Harvard Gazette, they're pretty un unique in that they're, they're focusing inward rather than focusing outward on a bigger audience. So curious to see how they're operating, Jeremy. You think you picked up on some stats about them. Yeah, so Harvard, obviously everybody has heard of Harvard, right? They've heard of MIT, but one of the things that's really unique about Harvard itself is the size of their endowment. So the publication, the Harvard Gazette, is not focused on making money. It's focused on serving their actual students, their body, people who are interested in Harvard. And so the endowment fund of Harvard, if anybody knows who's listening to this, take a guess how large it is, because it's something that's quite staggering and it will help realize why they're not trying to monetize anything on this website. It's $50 billion. That endowment fund of Harvard, that's larger than 120 countries' GDPs, which is mind-boggling to think about. It's always a stat that uh, I love just thinking about, and just it's a wild, wild thing to realize. They can start their own publisher fund as well. I wonder how many publishers will benefit from A lot of publishers well. would benefit from that fund, no doubt about it. Yeah, let's let's see why um, they've used this as an effective tool to keep everyone up abreast. So, well, as we're going through the page, the homepage, Jeremy, what do you see from your end? One of the things that I think that they do a great job, even before we uh, scroll, is just that at the top, as you're scrolling down, is the navigation menu. Uh, mm. So the navigation menu, when you open that up, uh, I think it's a, a beautiful, uh, laid out, easy to understand and digest. Right. So when you open up the hamburger menu uh, and what you're seeing is you see sections on the left hand side and then you've got a featured series, explore the Gazette and then read the latest with some of the images. So I think the way that they presented everything directly within that um, drop down navigation menu underneath of when you click on the hamburger works really well. Also, if you click on the search feature set that's right next to the hamburger menu, um, again, very visually appealing. Um, it's nice and it's clean, right? It's outlined with some different colors. Uh, the button is red. Um, search the Harvard Gazette. I think that they've just done a, a really nice, clean job with the UI UX there at the very top. And if we close out of that search feature, um, another thing that's really interesting is they focus in on three different things. So three different featured articles. In this case, when we're looking at it, it's the language breakthrough article, the sweater rehab article, and then at the very top, because you scrolled down, uh, the yep. 
I can't quite see it. You can scroll up a little bit higher, um, how they have three different featured articles at the very, 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 very top. So if you just scroll up to the top, they just have those. Uh, and then there is the Ozempic shaming, as far as the third one that is actually being shown directly there. Um, so I thought that was uh, interesting to see that they are highlighting these featured articles. So I'd imagine that's something that they're always trying to um, have. Um, three breakthrough articles that kind of stand out. Uh, and that's something I don't see very often. I see that. I think when we did our analysis on um, one of the previous websites, um, they typically use that for the strategy to help uh, a help that content get indexed and profile. But if it's something that's trending as well, then they want to be able to also benefit from um, the trending traffic that comes through. So. I guess um, one of the two, one of the reasons probably why they're also using this is also to, you know, they, they do a lot of research, they're doing a lot of um, internal, they have their own departments and stuff, stuff like you can see that there's the general hospital and physicians. So this could be just helping them also raise their profile indirectly outside of, I know I talked about using it as an internal tool, but it's also helping profile people that can then indirectly people can see from outside and then take inspiration to, to join as well. Potentially, so absolutely. Bit, I mean, yeah, it's it's very trending focus as you mentioned, and I think that that's pretty cool. And th there's also on that bar as well as you can see, Jeremy, you know, a big emphasis on the events. Um, you know, the campus is big, so you know they've got literally a breakdown of the calendar months or days by. You know, they got so many events going on. 13, just on just February 13th of the, you know, 14th at the time of this recording, you can see how many events are just having one single day. That's crazy. It's like, there's a lot going on, right? There's a lot going on. So I think this is an effective means to bring everyone together and, and bring that awareness. So on one day, how many was there? There's about, and think how many students probably have, you know, this bookmarked directly on their browser where they're just going to the events calendar just to see what's going on, a way to be able to make connections, to physically go to you know, one of the areas on the Harvard campus in order to be able to join it. And uh, if you just look uh, at the sheer number of different categories that they had uh, directly that you can actually go through too, uh, it's pretty, pretty mesmerizing uh, how many different options they have in that events calendar. So another quiz for you, Jeremy, how many students are there actually attending Harvard? Uh, I would guess somewhere around 50,000, but uh, could be completely wrong. How many? I searched on Google and they said 23,000. So you, do you think that that's going to, do you think that that's the amount of traffic that they receive for their publications or? I think, I think Harvard has enough uh, appeal where there's going to be people who are the alumni um, who are still going back and they're wanting to be able to see what's going on and other people who are just interested, right, um, to keep up to date with the uh, Harvard news. So um, I don't think that the traffic numbers are nearly as high as some of the other publications because it's definitely going to be much more niche and narrow. Um, but I definitely know that it's uh, more than 23,000 people who are going to be going to this site. Uh, but I could be wrong. So uh, let's dive into some of the numbers. And the drum roll is... it's. Um... Yeah, for organic search, they get this is sorry. I'm on for podcast. This is I'm on Ahrefs now, and in terms of looking at the traffic, uh, they're getting about two hundred thirty-one 
that mark this uh, users from just organic alone from the Gazette, uh, segmented it to be for slash Gazette. Um, we, we can't unfortunately do the same for similar web to look at the overall search traffic, but um, from what we can see, news.harvard.com as a subdomain, as a portal, gets about 1.4 million users per month. So imagine the amount of alumni, people that are looking at the uh, trending research plus the existing students. I mean, I was looking, I think the competitors like even Stanford only gets half the amount. Uh, so the news.stanford.edu gets only half of the amount of traffic. The MIT is around the same. So there's a, there's a pretty significant business in keeping people up to date within the uh, universities themselves. I reckon, yeah, and, not, and I think also in the world, right? Like uh, the appeal, um, there's the items that you can get, like the Harvard Business Review, um, very, again, niche, but that has such a large appeal in the greater world of anybody who's interested in um, really well-researched information that's going to be applicable in the business sense. So, um, yeah, there is definitely uh, a certain um, pedestal that Harvard publications, I think, um, have associated with them as far as the quality of content that they produce. So yeah, let's see which ones actually translate to more traffic versus being that thought leadership from here. So uh, I'm looking at the top pages report from Ahrefs. Uh, literally, they have some stories where they are showing studies of what makes. Sorry, I'll screen. I'll zoom in a little bit just because it seems to be a bit small. Uh, but you can see some of the top pages where people have done stories about particular cases of uh, scientific studies, like what makes people happy. Um, yeah, that, that, it seems like they're answering a lot of these critical scientific or explainer pieces. Why is telescope tel so popular? Benefits of mediation. Um, who started racism and that also gives them the creativity to go through the, and do those feature pieces because you know they're not they're not fixed in creating like best lists or and so forth they're really just there to show the explainer content and uh, the study that they're working on to be very factual um and and impactful so and it doesn't seem that much of this as well um seems to be politically uh motivated or like driven so there's there's a lot of good explainer content here that can be useful to even um um to break down or simplify it for uni university students because there's there's a lot of activism i guess from what i've seen from the outside in, in university campuses as well so people want to also keep up to date on what's happening in the world and uh this does probably help them simplify that if it is some of these publications this is not just the only one that they have they have dozens and dozens and i guess particularly if it's volatility driven that they want to be able to help uh translate that what's happening in the world in in terms of the, what's happening in their life so generally you said you had some experience with working with other uh education type uh, sites and, and sort of how they run do you want did you want to break down a little bit more on that yeah, absolutely. So here at Multidots, uh, our agency has had the pleasure to be able to work with other universities and campuses. And one of the things that you often find is that you have these niche websites. Uh, so you might have a niche website that is like this, the Harvard Gazette, 
and each department would have usually their own website itself. And so uh, there's going to be a small number of people who are going to be in charge of running that. Um, so if we scroll down on the footer of the Harvard Gazette, uh, I think that there's a great example here where on this, they're talking about findings, campus, community, health, science, and tech, but nothing about sports, right? And so if we actually click, there is a section um, at the very, very, very bottom that says athletic news and scores. And if we click on this, it's going to open up into a brand new separate website. So it's going to be gocrimson.com. Again, so they're dividing this. Uh, and I would imagine as a student body, right, if I'm going to be in charge and I'm a sports fanatic, I'm going to be a lot more excited to be able to work on this micro niche site of gocrimson.com opposed to something like the Harvard Gazette, where it's going to be more of a, a general news publication. So I think breaking it into those micro sites allows for more of the student body to step forth and be able to manage and maintain these sites and actually have more excitement about it, more drive. You have more drive and more passion about what you're doing each and every single day. I'd imagine that that quality of the content that's being produced directly for whoever that readership audience is, is going to increase and be of a higher quality. Yeah, and you can see here like this, uh, not to go too much tangent um, off track, but these sites can dictate whether or not they can, how they can better fund themselves. So they have different monetization initiatives to help them stay afloat as well. So, and and but you know you can see here as well. One point to come back to is how the Harvard Gazette itself is also a, a useful distribution platform for these sites as well. So, like I went to News Plus uh, in the footer. I click on one of the articles and then what happens is in News Plus, they give a bit of an excerpt or the byline that's coming from the other Microsoft that it's going to lead them to towards to read the full story in detail. And then you'll see that you can read the, the news around the Harvard Innovation Lab's art lifting mural installation in more detail. So this in itself, you know, imagine like where these sites where, you, like you said, to invigorate them, to create the, um, um, activate and um, empower those uh, sub-communities within Harvard itself, how this is an important tool to distribute that content from the Harvard Gazette itself. So I'm imagining that they all have connections within each other within its ecosystem to be able to really do that. Exactly. That, if, if there's if there's a piece or there's a story, you know, that has greater appeal than in that small microsite for that particular, let's say, subset of the university. Now they know they have a larger distribution audience by getting themselves published on the Harvard Gazette. So that's the beauty about, you know, that synergy and all that connection that's happening from one microsite to the next. So it's a it's a very important thing to be able to think about uh, and it helps get additional exposure um, in that fashion because they obviously have, you know, positive relationships with uh, one another uh, and a, a good rapport where they can be able to do that. So, yeah, uh, great, great call out there, Vahe. That's, that's great. So um, let, let's just quickly look at um, some of the other SCFS practices as well, um, just to see if there's anything that they can improve on. So. I mean, they're using the dates, so it, it doesn't seem that it's impact, um, in terms of looking at the um, evergreen traffic, like there would be potentially a concern down the future where if they want to update the content again, that's going to be a drawback because then the URL changes 
it's then might cause them to be um sorry it might cause them to having to re-index that content and, and impact their traffic so that's definitely something that they need to keep in mind on um that's one there's there's also like some but i think that the fact that they're harvard they can get away with a lot more of the eat indications around the, the legitimacy of the publication itself but uh, particularly for these writers whether they are college and university students tertiary students they want to increase their profile to help empower them to continue to maintain their profile uh you know articles like this they should have an ability to click through to their author profile see what they're studying see what their citations are and this is going to ultimately help them to further motivate them to continue on to contribute to harvard even after their alumni or use it as a way to get forward into their um medical or scientific you know the main topics that are here they can use it as a reference point as well so i think one tip that i would give to these to the, the, the departments that are running this as well is just to see how they can help highlight more of the the students that are helping to run it um and the other thing is what yeah the related articles look good so that's that's important they're giving you an idea on how long it's going to take to read um so yeah i think the related stuff article and trending articles is very refined uh but definitely i see opportunity to help pro uh, raise the profile of the, the writers and the students I also just talking about improvement items. If you scroll down on uh, the mass majority of their articles, um, mm. there is such a small section, right? Uh, it's taken up about half of the width of the page of the text. Uh, so there's a lot of blankness that is taking place. And of course, it's probably going to be great for anybody who's on the mobile rendering. Uh, but uh, I think that there seems to be a lot of wasted space. Uh, it is something that maybe. No, not everybody would be uh, as excited about. And I, I also, I wanna uh, reiterate um, what Vahe just said at the bottom of each of the articles. Um, I love uh, the layout, nice and clean. You might like with three different um, pieces of content and then trending with clearly labeled one, two, and three of trending articles. So it's not overwhelming. Uh, it's divided in a fashion where there are some visuals with images on the left and just pure text on the right-hand side. Um, so I think that's a, a nice, even appeal. Um, I haven't seen that very often as far as a, a layout like that. So I think uh, they hit the nail on the head there. In terms of circulation, they're doing, they're doing a solid job with um profiling a lot of these things to help people stay on the site more. I think that then they, they can take it to the next step about how, because we, we, I can't say any call to actions. Like we know that they are very um, event driven or like just there to distribute the content to other the properties. But how about if they want to keep up to date with, how about there can be also a lead funnel to those other properties. So for example, uh, having the call to action at the end of the article, some, a lot of sites just simply have a bar at the bottom where it says sign up for more uh health updates or what you know whatever it might be uh have that um segmented email list yeah they're they not they're not driving email uh signups you're right that's a good not, call they're not doing that so i mean they're, they're just very fascinated that, that yeah i mean it's great that they're pushing they can also use that to push more to get people to attend those events like we saw 10 events in one day that's like that's massive like imagine how, how much effort they need to be able to push towards getting people to attend I mean, there'll be probably a lot of people there because they might be involved in the campus life, but. Um, posters, posters on campus, Vahe. That's all they need. They're going back old school. <laughs> Here's a flyer. Don't forget, 
Don't forget the the meeting committee galleries as well. If you're not in part of a club, you're out. You're out. You can't join the the events. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, no, I think uh, as far as a, a news publication, uh, nice and clean layout that they have. Uh, one of the things that I did notice is if you click on the archive version of the events or the calendar, um, I think that they could also use some, a little bit of improvement there when you click on all events. Um, just the URL um, changes, and it seems like this is more an old school embed. I think that just the, the look and feel uh, of how they could display these events when you click on all calendars, uh, it seems a little bit clustered to me. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that there could be some cleanliness of how you display all of these different events um, in a fashion that's a little bit more appealing. I think previously when you're on the featured events, it looks like that section has been updated. It's a little bit more clean, but when you're looking at all of the events, um, yeah, I, I feel you know some UI UX improvements could be done. For sure. And then when you even click on the individual event itself, uh, the URL structure, how it's optimized to be able to encourage the search discovery. Um, and it's all driven by just trying to add people to their calendar as opposed to being able to capture the, the personal details to be able to get people to come back more easily next time. It's, I think that's the, the, the closing loop really that they have to look at. But besides that, it seems like a very solid publication. Absolutely. Nice and clean overall. Nice, nice and clean. Any any final takeaways or comments for our audience, Jimmy? Uh, let's let's just click into let's say language breakthrough um, or one of these top items. Um, just as a now that we've seen one of their standard articles versus yeah. one of these articles, um, just the the look and feel is different. So you can have different types of content. So if you want to have a featured or let's say a pillar piece of content. Um, you don't mm -hmm. always have to have the same template layout, the same stylization of how you actually create it. So experiment with that, right? Um, because some people might want to create more of this long form article where the mass majority of your editors or staff might prefer, you know, shorter, faster pieces of content that they can create. Um, so if you experiment um, with the different team members that you have that are helping to contribute to your publication, Give them the types of content pieces and the framework that can match that as far as the layout of the content that they're going to be writing. So that's just one takeaway um, that I think is also important to uh, take note of. Probably one of the hypotheses I'm guessing the testing is more of the people how they sort of scroll through when they're reading and, and being able to, like before uh, when Google search results were a lot more blue links and general. There used to be a F shape, like a triangle shape reading sort of pattern, but now it's become shorter and more scrollable in nature due to how the content's become more snackable. So they're probably even fitting to that. So like like Jeremy, to to reinforce what Jeremy said, I think it's fair to say like you could, you have to try to appropriate the content for each of the formats so that when it comes from the website and you want to distribute it somewhere else, it's easy for you to do that. So when someone goes on mobile, ready to go, because it's mobile ready, they're going to share this on social. Um, they can just grab parts of it, like the quotes component, then use that as a as an introductory uh, blurb to then attract people to click through from social. So I think that, that there is definitely things here that they are factoring in for their distribution. So they do they do very I think they're very savvy and well thought out in terms of how they think about distributing the content to really benefit not only this publication but the 
supporting publications around um, Harvard and the community itself. And since you did talk about uh, mobile, could you just do an inspect and let's look at this uh, page on mobile? Um, because that menu, I was in love with the menu on desktop. Let's see if I'm still in love with the menu when it comes down to the mobile version. We have to go through the Germany test. If we don't go through the mobile inspector, then there's, there's no, we can't finish the teardown. So <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's, let's look at it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and click on that uh, hamburger menu when we're on mobile. So now that we're looking at the mobile viewport, I'm just curious if it still has a nice clean look and feel. Yep, still does, right? Um, has all the different sections, uh, nice division of those lines. Um, they read the latest with uh, arrows to the left and right. Um, again, I think they've just done a, a standout job with uh, their main navigation menu, um, both on desktop and on mobile. Awesome. Maybe the images are breaking and the, the images are broken a bit, I think when it's rendering, but maybe it's the browser. And they've also, yeah, really being mindful of resizing the images as well to not make it too loud as well. So yep. there's dynamic, dynamic resizing, which is good as well. Absolutely. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, I think so. To, to to summarize or close close down the teardown in general, um, if you're looking to create an internal community publication that's going to help use it as a tool for awareness or to profile uh, events and, and other outcomes that you were trying to achieve, one, make the site as clean as possible to be able to really get to what where you want people to go and really make it um, formatted according to uh, the content type, as Jeremy pointed pointed out, we've got the more snack, like the more uh, condensed version versus the featured articles, which are more uh, expansive. Provide, get a lead capture, whatever it might be. So even though the communities is a is a key, key call to action for the Harvard Gazette, be able to capture more of the details as you're going through the journey, so that it allows you to uh, make it easier for you to. Um, get people to feature it events and, and diversify our traffic sources a lot more. And third thing is um, to be able to improve the experience on how to, um, you know, with the calendar that we saw, they could potentially increase the, um, both the profile of the um, person writing about the event and also the event itself by using updated tools and sections instead of an embed from maybe Google Calendar, they can use other tools that can help them to uh, better distribute that event as well or to help it make it search discoverable so that it can become yeah to help them to continue to raise the profile of the Harper Gazette. So I guess with that, until next time. Until next time. Bye everybody. Special thanks to our sponsors and co-hosts Multidots for contributing to the seven part WordPress teardown series. Be sure to subscribe to future episodes at stateofdigitalpublishing.com and join us for a deep dive into our upcoming WordPress Publisher Success Week starting on February 26 by visiting stateofdigitalpublishing.com slash WP hyphen week. Until next time.